0: I bet that's not got a manual choke. (laughs) This is Tall Boy Radio. Each week, your hosts, Beans, Gaz and Andy, grab a beer and discuss our topic of the week – we try to keep things uncomplicated. The premise for this podcast is as simple as we are. Not only can you listen to us wherever good podcasts are found, you can also watch us. Just search Tallboy Radio on YouTube. If you have a story and want to feature on the show, drop us an email at tbrpodcast at hotmail.com or leave us a comment on social media. At tallboy radio on Twitter and Facebook. And at Tallboy Radio Podcast on Instagram, or leave us a message via the Anchor app, which we can play on the show. This is a Beanstalk Stuff production. Anyway, the show is about to start, so go grab yourself a cold one, sit back and enjoy. Welcome back to episode 43 of Tall Boy Radio. Now, this week we're going to do something a little bit different. Gaz is going to be leading the main episode, but before we do, there's a little bit of a treat for myself and Andy because we've got David back on from Double Trouble Drinks. Hello, Dave. Hello. And thank you very much for sending us your latest product to try. And I am genuinely very, very excited about this. Both Andy and I are keen whisky drinkers, aren't we, Andy? Yeah,
1: and there's there's no other drink in sight. There's no Vimto,
2: no Coke. This is going to be pure whisky. I'm glad to, glad to hear that, Andy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, we are absolutely honoured because... To get to taste a whiskey before it goes to market is that's literally our dream, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, oh,
1: definitely. Just any yeah. any whiskeys uh, for free is good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Go tell us a little bit about it then, because I know you know I sent you you sent us through a little bit of information. Obviously, it's blended by um, award-winning blenders, and it's a it's a it's a blended Scotch uh, grain and malt whiskey. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the whiskeys in there before we uh, we taste?
2: Yes, so it's got. I think it's got a five-year-old malt in there, and about forty percent is malt, and sixty percent is grain whiskey. It's got elements of Speyside, There's a hint of I Love in there. There's a few different different ones, and I'm a bit of a whisky fan as well. So this is pretty special for me, um, being able to bring what what will be a unique, super unique blend to to the darts community. Um, and, and hopefully we we'll like it. Um, I'm actually tasting it live with you, other than the very small taste I had when I went and picked it up from the blender. So I'm quite looking forward to it myself.
0: Oh, fantastic! I must, I must say, the green bottles. Obviously, which the miniatures are coming, I think they look fantastic. Yeah, I just, it? Think it,
3: I, I just think it's great that the, yeah. obviously the colours of each of the bottles replicate the yeah. colours that you would associate with Dart and the and yeah. stuff. So that, that, that's, that's, that, that's brilliant, nice, that Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I've already said to the wife, I'm going to stick something in the top of this. It's going on the tree as a decoration. This is at Christmas.
2: (laughs) Someone else suggested that. You know how we just launched the limited edition gold and silver ones for the Disability Dark World? Someone just said to me today, those in miniature would be great baubles. Yeah, they would.
0: They would. Just need to find a way to get a light inside of them.
2: Yeah, one for next year, maybe. But yeah, I mean, had it not been for COVID, ideally we would have all got to take the trip to, to the, this um, this blender because where it's set in the in the Shire area, um, set in beautiful, beautiful gardens, um, country house type gardens, uh, huge, uh, old fashioned type farm building is where where it's based and uh just i got the privilege of going around the where they store the whiskey store the barrels and where they do the bottling and things like that which was a bit more modern but it was quite traditional storage and and it just as you would expect in a sort of romanticized um view of whiskey amazing amazing
0: yeah it's something i wish we could have done but obviously covid's covid's put Pay to so many of our ideas that that we've had for the podcast, and and this is probably probably the worst one is put pay to because I really really would have enjoyed that. So, are we are going to do this properly then, the, the proper sort of Scotch way by examining the color and the viscosity first? Then,
2: yeah, go for it. Tell me what tell me what you see.
0: Go on then. So, I just remember I'm trying to remember back from when I did the um, the the tour of uh, the, uh, the top of the Royal Mile there. So we've, I'll talk it through, I think, I think we've lost David temporarily, uh, but if you've listened to episode 14, Beans Does Whiskey, I covered off how you would go about tasting it, so first we're looking for the colour, which has got a nice sort of, it's a little bit darker than straw, would you say Andy? Uh,
1: I'm doing it straight out of the bottle, so uh... right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about a glass. Oh, glass all the way, in. Get it down,
0: Well, yeah. I, I'll tell you if you want to taste it straight away then. But I am looking at the colour of this, and it is, it's a little bit darker than straw. And obviously the the colour the colour of the, the whiskey sort of demonstrates the uh, the colour that it's taken from the barrel. Yeah, so we've got the colour there, and then we're gonna examine the viscosity by just spinning it round a bit. And when it drops, obviously it won't work so well in the bottle that Andy. You can sort of see the lines and they are. Yeah, they're quite thick, those lines are, which means it should be a fairly viscous whiskey in the old mouth, so we should be able to detect that. And then if you give it a quick shake and just agitate it and get some bubbles in there, see those bubbles? I see there's still one there. Uh, there, They take a while to go, which does indicate, as the bottle tells you, that it's a good strong whiskey, 46%. And then, then we have a quick sniff of the whiskey. And that does actually, you know, this isn't my first sniff of it. I'm really honest. When, when I dropped it off with Andy, we we couldn't resist because we cracked the bottle open and had a little sniff of it then.
1: And it does, yeah, that's great smell for it. the neighbors. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't look ideal, actually, would it, really? Like teenagers sniffing those little bottles or whatever that they do these days. I don't know. <laughs> your front garden next to your van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were quite excited. So the best bit now, the taste. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, I think one of the things you mentioned in the flavour is there's, there's a, there is a peppery taste to it, and there really is. You can, you can feel it all over your tongue. That's fabulous. What do you think, Andy?
1: I've mm. uh, just poured it into a glass. <laughs> there we go. There
3: we go. Enjoy. Oh, get it down really. here.
0: Yeah, have you got it over ice there as well, David?
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, but of have so I've gone gone full on neat to get the flavour. But no, this is—I tell you what, this is a particularly good whiskey. I'll be placing an order for a couple of these. I promise when this one comes it becomes available,
3: <laughs> along with along with the other products that are available.
0: Actually, I was just saying to the wife as well that you know when the silver and the gold bottles that you have just released are the vodka and the gin, I wouldn't mind to buy a few of those. Uh, and she said maybe after Christmas once you drunk the other ones, but but we shall see. I think they'll be gone way before Christmas.
3: <laughs> just just get just get the uh, the all the uh, shelves stocked and the. Uh... So how so how would that be? So how I assume that you would store that? Would you would you need? Was it just be sat in a bottle? If you ordered a normal bottle, would it just be sat in a bottle, effectively at room temperature? Does it need to be a particular temperature for for all of the flavours to to come out?
2: No, I don't think so, guys. I think most of the flavours that go into whiskey come from the time it spends in the barrels. Yeah. And so these ones have all. It, I think that the, it is a young whiskey. I think they've all spent at least five years in barrels, um, and and it. I think part of the colour, the lightest colour, is because it's fairly young. If we left it till to, to you get to the 10s, the 12 years, it, it darkens a bit and depends on the type of barrel. Um, but, yeah, so I don't think it needs any special storage um, unless you've got a problem and you need to hide it. Um. <laughs> 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 the first bottle of beer came in like, bottle two and yeah. three and
3: four. Just keep putting them all around the different places. Mm.
0: And you can definitely pick up on those peaty tastes as well. Like say the, is, that, is it Islay or Islay? I can never, I can never yeah, pronounce that one.
2: It said it was a hint smoke and peatiness to it, but only, only yeah. slightly with the way that they described it. If you, I don't know if you can remember back to when you did the tour in Edinburgh and you've got the whiskey tasting profile that's sort of split into the four quadrants and it puts some various different places and you've got the the Lagavulin's and the really smoky ones up the top right. Yeah and the bags up the top left and things like that. I think this is probably more in the middle. Um, it's not quite as smooth as the likes of Darwinny, but Winnie, but what we asked for was to try and make it as close to the way our other spirits are, so as smooth as possible and, and really as accessible, No for the extremists uh, um, or the whiskey connoisseurs, if you like, try and make it accessible for everyone.
0: That, no, that is a, that is a really good whiskey. I like say it's a young whisky, but I don't think you'd know it's got plenty of body and it. It packs, it packs a, a punch in the taste. It's
2: done a good job of blending. I expected it to be, uh, with it being young, I expected it to be a bit a bit more fiery on the mouth. But it's, no, it's quite a smooth whisky.
0: Yeah. It is. And like I say I've gone, gone without the ice. I'll hold up the, uh, the Glencairn glass there so you can see it a little bit clearer. And like I say it's a really good colour. Man, you can see the lines in it. Hopefully, it'll pick it up on the camera. How
3: how sort yeah. of viscous it is. Yeah, it's fabulous. Honestly, really good. So genuinely, Dave, that's this. the this first time you've then you've tasted it. Then genuinely, like tonight.
2: So when I went to collect it, um, it was quite. A, it was a frosty autumn morning. If I try and bring it to life for the listeners, um, <laughs> sun was shining, and, and, and I'm pinching myself going into this beautiful whiskey. Um, a bottling plant if you like or a bottling facility and it's a big, big old farmhouse and I walk and the guy says oh I'll just get you a glass same style of glass that you're drinking out of um, Adam and it was it was half past eight in the morning and um, so I'm thinking <laughs> is this really the right time to taste a lot of whiskey so I did just have a small sip then and I did, he said it was the best time to taste whiskey first thing in the morning um, so it does seem like that's yeah. quite a good condition um but yeah no yeah that, this this is the first time i'm tasting it properly
3: wow and what so what are your thoughts then dave was it what as you expected are you sort of are you, are you pleased with it you
2: know yes, really pleased with it really pleased with the way it's come out the only things that are, are slightly worrying for us at the minute is it's quite expensive right. particularly for miniatures um it it won't be as bad for the bigger bottles i don't think but the miniatures are like three times the cost of what it costs us to make a gin miniature so that's that's worrying me a wee bit we might not be able to do miniatures in this because of that but yeah yeah. um, but but i'm happy the way the products come out well i think we'll do with it because we got 50 miniatures made we'll do something that gets feedback my challenge now is and I'm all ears for your ideas because always you've got some views on how we might do it. But how do we get, how do we get fellow passionate whiskey drinkers in the dark community to give us feedback on what they think of it, and, and is it good enough? Do we need to tweak the recipe or t- tweak the blend, basically?
0: Well, <clears throat> the first thing that comes to mind for me is obviously you guys are keen to get out and about and delivering your product with you weren't you if you are going out and about and delivering the vodka and the gin on that you know in the in the areas where you can go to I don't know how that works now if you've got and you let these people know in advance you've got a bottle of whiskey with you and if they can provide the glass so you would taking away any risk of passing also I'm pretty sure 46% alcohol is going to kill any infections that are going to be there anyway <laughs> but You've got an audience there. I'm I'm going to say, if you rock up to somebody's house when you're delivering a, a vodka or a gin and offer them a little nip of whiskey, even if it is half past eight in the morning... It's not something I'd say no to, <laughs> and I'd give you genuine feedback on it.
1: If you could yeah. get like an ice cream truck as well, just, <laughs> <laughs> just playing the tunes
3: while going down the road. So.
1: Yeah. Just get people That's to nice. line up,
3: just a little double glass, double just, <laughs> just like a little wee wee little nip of double triple whiskey. Just, just there you go, Dave. There with his little pity on, just like pouring it out of the bottle. There you go, guys. Taste that. Yeah. <laughs> that
2: sounds like a plan. Brilliant.
0: And also, when you're at the um, as long as it goes ahead and I'm touching wood when I say this because I hope it does the um, the Disability Darts World Cup you, you know you can have a target audience there for people yeah. wanting to try things and and word of mouth can be very powerful and I think we've seen it in the Darts community you, you see the same names I think when when Dartwolf launched his um, launched his YouTube channel to see all the names that are there commenting at the start see yourself, I saw yourself there all the same names that you see all these creators and all the people with lots of followers and if you can get those people involved and bought into the idea and sharing out the story and I think a lot of them are bought in already I think that's a great way to go as well
2: yeah no I agree I agree. but this, yeah, so this it's, is probably, a- it's likely to be next year when we do a proper launch on it you guys are getting um, VIP treatment basically
0: <laughs> oh, we, no we do we do appreciate it we do appreciate it because this oh, i can say this is a really really good whiskey and i do i do love a good whiskey and this is a good one what are your thoughts sandy how are you finding it you're it warming your cockles oh
1: yeah it's it's definitely like early morning medicine um i think the the, the peat and the aftertaste is is just right for me I, i'm not i'm not into a lot of the ones that you're know, like the well really strong after you after you, When you breathe and stuff like that, I can't really drink them once. <laughs> well, I don't enjoy them as much, but with it being smoother, it hits, a,
0: yeah, it hits the spot a lot better. It really does. It really does. Lovely and smooth. Absolutely fantastic taste.
1: And I, I, yeah. I don't even
0: want to add anything to it. I think it's perfect. No. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I I don't think you'd want to add anything to that. That's That's too good. Maybe just a drop of water or an ice cube, but
3: by itself. Fantastic, how how yeah. how long how long are you thinking in terms of the um, sort of the feedback stage? I mean, are you, are you looking at maybe over the next? I know you mentioned in twenty twenty. Are you thinking about maybe trying to get some feedback over the next month, couple of months? Sort of what 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 sort of timeline are you looking at? I
2: think so so there are a few people that have mentioned whiskey to us. You guys, um, James Shepherd was another one. Haley, one of the girls that plays darts, mentioned that she's a whiskey drinker. So certain people that have indicated they're whiskey fans and are looking forward to us bringing out a whiskey, even though we've never mentioned it. I think there is, we're getting feedback from people that have proactively told us. So we'll keep looking out for, for those people that ask and we'll do something to create some intrigue probably. But um, it will be probably early 2021 when we do a proper launch on it. We'll maybe yeah. do something with... We're going to do a fundraiser, I think, uh, to do with Martin Leake's charity. You know how he's raising money for underprivileged kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So we're going. To do, we're going to, You guys might be interested in it, actually. So we're going to do something with the weekly darts cast, and we're still toying whether we do it as team Double Trouble versus team Weekly Darts Cast, and basically, it's a bit of a darts and running themed fundraiser where you, you hit start on your. Your timer or your uh, Strava app, and you start throwing doubles. Once you've hit 20, you're allowed to start running, and then uh, people donate and they predict the score and they'll be up, they predict the distance, the longest distance. So if you can hit 20 doubles super quick, you're likely to be in with a shout. I had a trial run earlier and it took me 11 minutes to hit 20 doubles. So I'll have 20 minutes to run. Um, so we'll see how far I can get for that. Uh, okay, I like that. I like that.
0: That's it. It- to be honest, that's a really good incentive to hit your doubles quickly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I don't I do not like running. Well, no, no, no. What do you, think? If,
2: you you you
3: yeah. you do it, you do do it as a pair, so you've got like the, in the traditional sort of bullseye, so you've got your runner and you've got your darts player, you see. And you don't wow. have to do both always a thinker, you see. That's get a crazy. dart player, get a runner. Come on, dude. Just, yeah, I just need to find a runner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not me. Not me. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. Any anything else? Anything else you want from us? Obviously, you know, helping you promote and push this. You know, we're we're more than willing to do to do a bit. And definitely, 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 anything involved with charity. You know, we'd love to be a part of that as well. So keep us in mind. Just, just, just I don't make me run. <laughs> yeah, no, no yeah. I mean
2: the reason I, went, the reason I went for that one was because I thought it would take me about half an hour to hit the doubles, so I wouldn't have to run very much. But. uh my trial run said 11 minutes, so it looks like I'm running for about 20, which I might have to cut <laughs> the time to 15 minutes.
3: Um. Yeah. Now, like, you could do something almost in... I'm trying to think, is there anything that you could do in reverse? And then, oh, I don't know, is there anything that you could do in terms of like number of steps or number of metres? So you look at like a double one, a double two, a double three, and you go around the board, and can you add that up, which indicates a certain length of... Track or field or whatever. So if you end up with like a thousand points, you've got to run a thousand meters, or t- I don't know. Is there, yeah, hmm, leave that with me. Might have to think about that. This uh, yeah, I'm sure there's something we could do. Yeah, I'll get me thinking it on there because I'm sure there's something that, that that you could you could definitely do that sort of sort of darts running distance time thing. So yeah, that 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 that's in that's in there. So watch this space.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, just getting back to the whiskey though, thank you very much again for letting us letting us taste that because I tell you what, I I enjoyed that a heck of a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, that's it. Share it on there. So hopefully hopefully the folks at home can see that. That is that is a really good one. Something to look forward to in twenty twenty one. Hopefully the end of COVID as well, if this vaccine gets sorted. But if it doesn't, well we've got something to take your mind off it.
1: <laughs> this could be the <laughs> vaccine as well.
0: <laughs> you never know.
3: Absolutely, that boy. That's absolutely. No, just I. I know we mentioned the COVID and stuff, um, and and it is a it is a nightmare, obviously for for everybody, really. But you know, we're genuinely looking forward to coming up to Edinburgh, sort of, you know, twenty twenty-one, particularly, you know, the the disability darts and stuff, and obviously, hopefully, catching up with you guys and stuff. So, um really hope that sort of it doesn't put pay to that because you know that that's that's hotels are booked and whatever. And, you know, we're we're all we're all up for it. So um yeah fingers crossed it it doesn't pay, sort of put paid to that um and still goes ahead and obviously we can we can catch up and have a few beers and maybe find a spare board and have a have a game or something so yeah um, yeah that that'd be good that'd be good fun
0: awesome so again thank you for joining us again david that's fantastic and thank you for for sharing again that whiskey with us because we really, really enjoyed this. But now I'm going to hand over to Gaz if you want to say your goodbyes, David.
2: Yep, thank you for having me on again, guys. Enjoy the next show. Cheers, Dave. Oh, wonderful.
3: Cheers, wonderful. pal. Thank you. so guys welcome back to episode 43 thanks to dave um from double trouble um i know that adam and andy are um, very appreciative of um the sort of the whiskey and the whiskey tasting um and obviously um we're grateful for dave for sort of coming on to our our podcast um just before i get into the um, episode if we want to go through sort of um, what we're drinking tonight so um adam do you want to go first yeah,
0: well, whatever I was going to drink, it's going to be a little bit on the back burner after that whiskey because I tell you what, that that really was a very, very good one with loads of character. So I had to pick up something that was a little bit interesting. Now, I've seen these in the, in the papers and I've seen them in the press and on social media, so I had to pick them up. It's the Brewdog Ald IPA. So it's the beer that's available through Aldi that is apparently made by Brewdog, and it is a session IPA. You know my feeling on setting <laughs> RPA's, so I didn't have that high, didn't have that high expectation of it because it, they always taste a little bit watery. If I'm honest, and this, yeah, I'm about, I'm about as disappointed as I expected to be.
3: <laughs> a little, little bit <laughs> underwhelmed, shall we say? It's okay. It's okay.
1: And Andy, I've gone for a drink that's just like me. It's cold. It's blonde. It's a tat and Gold. <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: so if you can see that, but, um, yeah, I've got it in a satin glass as well.
3: What it? Lovely, nice, nice amber color, Hell very nice. Yeah. There you go, marvelous. And I am drinking a good old favorite, which is um, Leffy. Um, I haven't had it for uh, a few weeks on, on the podcast, that's made a reappearance, and I love that drink. Nice. Um, so as I said, guys, um, episode forty-three, um, and I'm in. I'm sort of um, going to talk today a little bit about something that most adults will have seen, um, most adults possibly will have used, um, and possibly owned. Um, and if you're still intrigued as to what it is, um, there are 1.4 billion of them um, on estimated to be on the planet at the moment and there are more than 400 um, different varieties available in the uk obviously more um in other countries um and if you excuse the pun i'm in the driving seat and this week we're going to be talking about cars um and put a bunch i'm here all week and um, so yeah so looking forward to this just thought about you know what, what are the things that sort of people talk about and and likes and dislikes and stuff so um and we're going to sort of explore your first car your favorite car have you had any car catastrophes loads and loads and loads of things um and as normal when i'm in the driving seat and i'm leading there's a couple of sort of questions that i'm going to throw out there so um i'm going to ask um andy i'll go for first um your first car stroke van I know we're obviously vans <laughs> and stuff but I mean whether it's a car I mean obviously some people have bikes and stuff but what so what if you if it was a car what was your first car uh so my first car I got it
1: 2003 uh and it was a Peugeot 306 HDi so it was uh, a... <laughs> I, I loved it I like, I had it I bought it with like 50,000 on the clock it was a W red so it was like 3 years old right and um by the time I finished with it. It was on two hundred thousand, I think it was. And uh I, I gave it my dad, but it was sort of like it was dying at that point. Wow. Wow. Um but yeah, I loved it because it's like a two litre turbo and I was like, yeah, you know, eighteen at the time. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just rapid. And it, it, it was fuel efficient
3: as well. <laughs> cool. Um about what about yourself then?
0: My well, first car—I got to be honest—I can't remember the year, but I remember it was a Volkswagen Polo. Um, but it wasn't just any old Polo; it's one of those rare ones that had a boot on it as well. So it didn't just have the hatchback; it was a saloon Polo. And literally, whenever I re- describe to everybody, everybody says, "Oh, like so a Jetta." No, no, it was a Polo. It just—it just had a boot on the back. It wasn't actually a Jetta.
3: <laughs> yes, well, it looked like
0: one. But the boot was huge. You could live in it. I've not had a car with a boot that as big since. Could do with one now, actually.
3: I was going to say, absolutely, yeah. It it's weird because I was going through like I, I, I double checked with 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 Big Gray on this, and because I had a memory of what I thought my first car was, Um and I I sort of rang Big Gray. Um Obviously, if there's any new listeners, Big Gray is my old man um so and i rang him ju- just to sort of double check and my first car was a triumph dolomite um and it was it was mustard yellow and i loved that car it got like a mahogany dash and actually it was it was four gears and stuff obviously back in the day there was none of this sort of, sort of five gears and six gears and all that It it's sort of four gears but it actually was rapid um and it, it was a mustard yellow and actually it got ended up um there was a woman that sort of hit the back of it um and so sort of basically, sort of wrote it off, and I was gutted because I, I loved that car. It's like your first car, mustard yellow, and everyone looked at it and goes, "Oh, it's horrible," sort of thing. But you got inside, it's like a mahogany dash, and sort of the, the, the gear stick was sort of up there somewhere, on you know, not down by the side. The it was brilliant. Loved it. Um, and then we were driving. It was up by talking people, obviously in, in, in the UK and people local to us they'll, they'll know um, where Miller and Carter is. We were driving around there, me and an ex girlfriend. And it's really icy and we sort of, I'd sort of slipped on the ice and pulled the car up behind somebody else that had slipped and he damaged his wheel and wheel and he was changing a wheel. And then as I was getting out of the car, this guy said, oh, watch out, there's another one. And I turned around, I half sort of turned around, there's another car basically just sliding off this road, like basically like smashing into the back of the car. And I was like, oh, no. So all the, this was the exhaust and everything with sort of petrol tank stuff was all dented and stuff. And they just said, basically, it's just a write-off. And I was like, no, this woman put hands on went like, I'm sorry. I was like, yes, you've just admitted <laughs> guilt there, you've just admitted blame, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so that that said, but that yeah, that was my first car and I loved that. Um and when I was talking to Big Grey actually, he was saying that his first I was like, what was your first car, Dad? And he was like, It was a Morris Ten. And he went, It's the one with the foot plates. And I was like, Foot plates, foot plates, to, Genuinely didn't know what, what they were, sort of thing. And he said, if you imagine like an old gangster movie where they would be shooting like Tommy guns, they'd be standing on the side of the car on these like little sort of foot plates. He's like, that's what they were. And I was like, no way. And I was like, proper gangster, sort of thing. So, um, and then I spoke to Sydney. He said he had a Ford Escort that was red that he wrote off. He crashed it. Shock, horror.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a shock. To be honest, I can picture Big Gray in a pinstripe
3: soup and a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I, I, yeah I've, I say I picture him in worse and i seen him worse. But yeah, That's absolutely. I see, I see. Uh, y- yeah, well, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was like, yeah, it's one with the foot plates. And I was like, yeah, I genuinely like, didn't sort of know what 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 it was and stuff. Um, so Andy, so, you, you, so when you were a kid then, what what was the thing that, so 18, so 17, 18, you passed your test. Oh, how, how many times did you pass, take you to pass your test then, by the way? Just the one. Yeah, just one for yeah, just one for me as well, lad. Two, oh, dude. What did you fail on? Uh, uh,
0: well, the first well, the first uh, test I took, I failed because I I pulled out in front of a jeep and basically the guy had to grab hold of the wheel and slam the brakes on another one to avoid an accident. So, <laughs> and that was about two minutes in. So after that, I thought, well, that's that one done, isn't it? Uh, and then second time around, obviously, double down on the nerves. And I got stuck behind a bin lorry. So the guy lets you, you know, when your, your knee's shaking and you, you're trying to control the cu- the clutch. And he says, well, you know, we, I know it's at the start of the test, you so don't normally do this, but we might as well do your manoeuvres now. <laughs> do to do a 3.2? It's like, not even slightly, brother, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, and I passed it like with three minors, I think it was. So I was pretty, wow. pretty happy with that.
3: Cool. Yeah, I, I, I was a, I was the first time. I think my Mrs. Jenny, she was a second time, I think. And she was like, oh, all the best people pass second time. I'm like, no, they don't. Story. <laughs> <laughs> no they don't um so which when you were back as a kid then what was the thing that that would appeal to you car wise was it speed was it color was it number of seats what what, what was the and i'm not going to ask you for your sort of favorite tab car but what what were the things that appealed to you as, as a kid were you a petrol head i mean i'm i'm not a massive petrol head but i sort of appreciate cars and stuff and i was not a massive petrol head but what what sort of appealed to you when, when you were a kid then andy do you want to go first
1: um i'm, I'm sort of fortunate my, my dad is a truck driver um so we used to go like truck shows and stuff like that and so we used to see all sorts of cars and stuff like that and um i'd say it's more the aesthetics when i was younger so yeah uh like monster trucks you know seeing them like crush stuff um and then all the cartoons used to watch like, in the 80s were the best, you know, like Mask. And, yeah. Uh, can't remember the ones, but yeah, there's loads of stuff. <laughs> and then, like, um, what was it? Hasselhoff with the kit. Uh, oh, Night Rider. Knight yeah, Rider. Yeah, yeah. There we go, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, it's more of how they looked rather
3: than. I didn't really care about how fast they were or anything when I was younger. was yeah, just yeah. like,
1: oh, they got to look cool.
3: Yeah, that's it. It's just like, there you go, like, arm like this, you know, driving our arm like this out the window, giving it one of them, get some yeah. tunes on the beatbox back in the day. And what about, what about yourself then?
0: Probably, probably similar to Andy. I'm definitely, well, if you, you know, if we ever cover off the car history at any point during this podcast, you'll, you'll know I'm not a, a petrol head. But <laughs> growing up, it was definitely the aesthetics of the car. I think growing up at the time that we did at our age, everybody was looking at those supercars. They were becoming prevalent then. So things like that. I used to go to the, um, the Birmingham Motor Show every year, at the NEC, or every other year I think it was, and go and just have a look at the supercars that they had on display there. And then, like Andy says... Looking to America at those times, American TV was huge. So you had the A team, you had the four guy, yeah. uh, Night like Night Rider, uh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I love those. And I, to be honest with you, I still do. Those are the cars that I look at now. And is it something I want to own? I don't know. Probably not. They're not practical, but it's just a little echo of my youth that, 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 that it brings back to me.
3: But you say that you say, is it something that you want to own now? Probably not. But I tell you what, I'd be mint to drive it just. Do you know what I mean? Just just a couple of those sort of cars and stuff. And we'll get into sort of a, a bit of sort of um, TV and film cars and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so you you mentioned about car histories and stuff. OK, so thinking about obviously all your cars. So what's your favourite car then? I mean, Andy, you mentioned that you, you loved your first car. But so out of all of the cars that you've had, and I suppose you could go down you know the if you've had utes or like sort of, trucks or whatever but what what's the favorite sort of vehicle car whatever that that you that, that you've had and, and and sort of why i suppose um
1: it's probably my uh Toyota MR2 it was a oh
3: classic it car was a,
1: a mark 2 so of 92 plate i think it was so it's like two seat at the um like a t-top roof, so you could take the glass panels out above your head.
3: Nice,
1: uh, two-liter sort of thing. It, it was, decent. It's sort of like at the time, I wasn't like I was commuting to Manchester, and um, I, I was on all right money, but we were saving up for a house, so um,
2: yeah.
1: I just bought a newer car because like all sorts of stuff started going wrong with it. But recently, I've been looking at at them again to get one of the <laughs> projects <laughs> proper, proper retro one. Yeah, but I, I loved it. I mean, like all my other cars, I tend to go for. Um, Well, I've had three BMWs, Mercedes, and yeah. um, But that car was just—it was just different. I I don't know why. It's just like niche, I suppose. And yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: But yeah, that car—I want it again.
3: (laughs) Brilliant. Okay, have you got a favourite? Does one stand out, or I mean, I remember your cars, obviously, but
0: well yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I've pretty much crashed them all as well funnily <laughs> enough but just just going back to andy's mr2 we always share a few pictures on social media throughout the week and there's there's a really weird picture of a really weird day when some people stopped us in Holmes chapel and there's me posing on the bonnet of andy's mr2 for a photograph of strangers yeah, we, as well
1: we um i think you came on ours because we have got to go with the chinese weren't we and then mm. like it's like a group of people walking past looking at my car. So, we're like, as we're walking outside, like, what the hell's going on? And they'd some like works too, didn't they? But they weren't from Home Chapel or they're from like, I don't know, Manchester or something like that. They basically got a, the train to there and they had all these like random tasks. And one of them was like, said, a James Bond theme or something like that. So, yeah. you you sprawled on the bonnet
0: <laughs> and everyone else is stuck yeah. next to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, <laughs> you, I don't I do not to have doing. to dig that photo out. Like, where, we'll, we'll dig it out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what James Bond know about a fat lad sprawled on the on the bonnet of a Toyota, but. <laughs> <Hot> job. <laughs> Hot job. Yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a strange day, but yeah, that was a great car. I, to be honest, with you, my, my car history probably is appalling compared to some of yours, because I, I say I'm really not a car guy. But my favourite car has to be my first car, that, that Polo. I love that yeah. car. Yeah, I had character. Yes, wouldn't start on a cold day. It had a yeah. manual
3: choke, so trying to get it going was a challenge. You start on your life. So yeah, for, you for, those, for those younger kids that, that possibly, yeah, you know, um, a, a manual choke, you, you will have no clue what that is. Um, but it was basically something that, that you would use to, on cold mornings when cars wouldn't start, that you would literally have to manually try to sort of effectively kickstart and jump start the car. It'd be like don't use it. you're flooding it, you're flooding it and you did not then usually choke too much and all sorts of stuff. It is horrendous. Well, Absolutely my car, horrendous.
0: My car now has got that start stop technology and this was pretty much that back in the day. It would start you got to the lights <laughs> and if you get it started again that was an absolute winner. my brother sent me a website which you can go on and i I was looking for a table i cannot find it and you look at you actually type in the license plate of your car and he says i I look for your polo on there i couldn't find it so it must have been written off it's like yeah, that- I wrote it off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it the government's MOT website? <laughs>
0: something, well, something like that. And he said, "He says, uh, he says, I was absolutely good because I had a Honda CRX." So look, it's not been taxed in about six years. It's like John, you have had it for six years, you didn't tax it.
3: <laughs> I remember, I remember that CRX he had.
0: Yeah, it was a beaut. Is that the two seater one as well? Or- yeah, two seater, but he yeah. had like a little bucket seat in the back, and it was red leather seats, red leather
3: steering wheel. Yeah. It was yeah, it was. It was like a pimp's car. It was weird, cause like we we talked about some car history, and I've had some horrendous cars. Um, and and again, you know, I, I might might sort of talk talk about a couple of them, but my favourite car that had for years, an animal chuckle at this, and it it was shit, but I loved it. Was the Montego? It was absolutely just the it's best car in the world. It was horrendous. It was a big, big thing, and and it was B six eight three GRX was was the license plate, and and, and I, I don't know whether. This, we picked up second hand or something, but I ended up driving it. Oh my god, it was like a tank. It was horrendous, but I absolutely loved that car. Why do you want about a photo? Actually, I think there's a photo of me and Adam. we look like two proper goobers, and we're just sitting on the front of the bonnet of that car as well. So I'm with there, a beer, like, a, a, <laughs> with a beer, ads there, and he's like looking <laughs> relatively cool, and he's like, "So, did you have like?" Do- dockers on you yeah, like jeans and stuff, and I'm there looking like a, a nineteen eighty shell suit kid, it's like literally just like proper great big like baggy shell suit, glasses off the size of my face and stuff. And you're just like, What a tool. Um I, But I tell you what though, dude, you, you just given that
0: license plate out. If any of our listeners know that car or uh, own that car, get get in touch and we'll buy it back. Uh, a true story. That's Andy's I w- next project. <laughs>
3: <laughs> honestly I'm not even being funny if there was World War 3 and that car is still around forget sending in the Sherman tanks forget sending in everything else just sending the Montego because that car was like a tank it was big the turning circle on the Titanic was, was shorter than the Montego no power assisted steering so you got you, you steering wheel you were literally like, like this Ugh, you're literally trying to force this car Oh, it's horrendous
1: but I absolutely loved that car it sums up the 80s when you look at it. <laughs> it's proper, like, square yeah, if, or rectangular, if, as you
3: would say. If, 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 if you're watching on YouTube and stuff, then, you know, Google it on another window. If you're listening on the podcast and stuff, then open up a browser and go and look at it. But, yeah, the Monte, I love that car. Absolutely love that car. Um, and we've got, you know, me and Adam, obviously, there's a photo of me and Adam on the front of it and stuff, and that car, you, we, we've been to various places in that car and stuff, and it's just... It was a shit car. It was terrible. It didn't drive very well. It wasn't very fast. It wasn't very um, didn't consume fuel efficiently. And st- it was just horrendous. But I loved it. Absolutely loved it. My, my vans like that were.
1: It's got no power steering. It's got choke, but it's an auto choke, so right. it just reeks of petrol like for five minutes while it's starting <laughs> up and stuff. But, but yeah, I, I love that. I love my van. I actually prefer drive my van to to my car. But, yeah, it, it's weird. it's, it's weird, weird, isn't it? Because
3: you, you get like, you sort of do get attachments to stuff. And actually, some you know people looking from the outside and be like, why is it that you love that? Why is it you like that? I don't know. There was just something about that car. Whether it just brings back, whether at the time I probably hated it, but bringing back just memories of just like having like real good times, like with Adam and mates and stuff, in there, it just just loved that car. And and actually you look at it now when you Google it stuff, you think, Oh my God, that actually went from A to B. It looks horrendous. Um, it, it goes but, well with a track suit though. Or a shell it, suit. It did. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know if I've got it somewhere, but you must have that photo somewhere. So We've already shared it on our Instagram and it Facebook. Has, has, I have, yeah. Yes. So yeah. it might be somewhere. So we might have to try, sort of try and, try and get that again and put, put that. But yeah, I look horrendous on that, which is sort of funny. Um, there's a couple of honourable mentions of when I spoke to Sid, he said he used to have a Honda Prelude and that was, he said that that came close to being his favourite car, but his was an Audi RS5. He said he loved that car and it, it, it is a sweet looking car. Um, and I, I remember driving his his Prelude once and it it was first time I'd been in a car that got like a twin cam I think twin shafts as you like drive. You get to like 70,000 revs and then the next one would kick in and you're like, geez, it's sort of almost like go again. you were like, God, this is like, shit off the shovel this is it's like ridiculous and it was so fast it's sleek it is black it looked a bit like the kit car actually it looked it did look proper decent so okay so we've gone through that then um the flip side then um what's the worst car you've had because i've had some horror stories so there must be some whether it's and and sid put the thought in my mind because he had a chat to him about it. he said he had a 1.2 say up and he said it was a courtesy car and he said he was, he said he could run faster than that car he said it was absolutely horrendous um so what what's your what's your worst car then Was really the one that bad. either were either you were disappointed with it or it didn't live up to your expectations or it was just shit and you didn't expect it to be or whatever what, what what's your worst car
1: i'd bought a um i can't remember what year it was now it might be been fifty two plate uh BMW five series. So it was an E thirty nine. So the Angel Eyes um is is a M five thirty sport. So it's like you yeah. know, a big meaty car. It was dead quiet and everything like And um I bought it because at the time I lived in I lived in Brussels. And I was like, well I'll buy a car because I've I'm only paying for my rent. I've got no outgoings or anything like that. So for, yeah, I spent it's about like four grand or four and a half grand or something like that. Bought it from a guy in sandbox come over here drove it loved it and then um when i came over again i went and picked up and i was driving i was like oh, i love this car and it was just quick and it was quiet and everything like yeah And then what that car is like these big um it had the different wheel unofficial wheels on it, so it had these m sport wheels but they weren't like the official ones so you know in, in the the center so when you put a wheel on, you've got your, your bolts being every like sent a bit, and the the wheel's supposed to match that, so it sits right. snug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the five that five series had like a big, uh, big hub on it basically. So when you got the wheels, you have to have them, like you have to be drilled out, or you got spacers on them and stuff like. That. But the guy had bought these cheap wheels, slapped them on. So when I test drove it, they they had this hub this spacer on it, so it drove fine when I picked it up, though, I think he must have took them off because when I went 60 <laughs> miles an hour, he used to judder. You know, because, like, the wheels was like, vibrating. Oh, my God, I hated it. Wow. It took me a while to, like – I say it took me a while. Like Obviously, I lived abroad, so I was only driving it, like, you know, once a month or whatever. Like. I was like, what the hell is this? And then I like, did some research, found out what it was, bought the spacers, and it was all good. But um, – so I had that issue. But then, like, the um, head gasket went on it, so, like, it was always overheating. Yeah. So I spent like loads of money getting that fixed, and then it's like, another, like oil was pissing out of it and stuff. I was just like, it's never ending with this car. Like, <laughs> the proper money pit of a yeah. car. Oh, and it was like, it's just as I moved back over it, I started using it as a daily driver as well. So it's like, I don't know when this is going to pack up this. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was like my first. Well, it's like, I, I had a, a Beamer before that, but it's like my first, you know, big luxury car sort of thing. it's it too big anyway. It was like yeah, yeah. if you go like Sainsbury or wherever. You, you you go in a bay and it would fill the lines, it's that big. it's, it's just like it's too big, <laughs> but yeah, the, the no, wheels it's... and then the head gasket and all that stuff. Like, it really infuriated it me. <laughs> I sold it back to the same guy though, like because he had a, a
3: BMW garage thing. Like, wow, oh, fair enough. And what about yourself then?
0: Um, I've had a couple which weren't great that I, you know I had a Fiat Bravo which I bought strangely because I actually really like the look of the car Google that one if you want to look back to it An interesting looking one but I really like that one and I had it about a month when one of the pistons exited through the roof of the engine uh, oh. and hit and actually hit the roof of the, 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 the hood or the, the oh, bonnet rather the bonnet. yeah so that you know just outside of um, well, outside of warranty so I managed to get them to pay towards it but that one cost me a fortune Probably the Vauxhall Vector I had, honestly, the amount of things that went wrong (laughs) with that car, it's just ridiculous literally he'd get through his mot and I oh, a winner that is then within a couple of weeks something, something major would just go absolutely pear shaped on it it cost me a ridiculous amount of well, money. So
3: like, did did you not give me clues as to like it possibly it was the way he took it to be mot tested yeah it'd be fine don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, I hope yeah I hope not because I still take it there to to this day um <laughs> but no like the worst one was the, the onboard computer would just cut out so literally you'd be down the motorway doing 70 and uh, then all of a sudden, like the electrics would all cut out. So stereo was gone. Everything was gone. The engine's still running. But all all the needles are pointing towards the bottom. And it's like, right, I don't know how much fuel I've got because I've not been paying that much attention. <laughs> I don't know how many revs I'm using. I have no idea what speed I'm doing right now. And, and I have no ignorance is no excuse in the eyes of the law. <laughs> so that one sucked. And then I remember taking that in to be done. And while, while I was in, I had a Peugeot 206. And literally you know, as as a courtesy car. you know, someone the size of me. It was like Donkey Kong driving around in Mario Kart. Yeah, it was. But I tell you what, it was good fun to drive, though. It was like a little go-kart whipping down the motorway. I loved it.
3: Oh, brilliant. I always like, uh, think of the tall guy at The Simpsons. You know, when he's... he's that little yeah. car, and
1: then a massive guy gets out, like It's like Nelson. Just, it's just they
3: get, like, the knees... With, like you can see people, like, the knees yeah. and stuff, and then, like, their arms like this, because they physically, like, literally can't do that. So, that it's like this driving sort of thing. Oh, like,
0: it, it, it was like Hightower in Police Academy sat in the back of that <laughs> Honda Civic.
3: It's funny, because I remember... I remember turning up, because my old man, bless him, he, he used to sort of used to know a couple of let's say dodgy dealers and stuff. And he used to try and get nice and he used to try and get. Um, and, and there's always, I remember this old adage when people say you know, never buy stuff off cars off mates or friends because if something goes wrong, they always blame them and this and the other. And and he, and he basically bought me it, it, through the years of a couple of cars, and they were that both of them were shit. um, and one of them, the, 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 so we had we had the solar powered car, which is one. And then we had what Jenny labelled the paper mache car, which was, and I still to this day don't understand how Jenny's old man let me drive Jenny around in It's So basically we're driving this, this one and it's wet, rows are wet, and Jenny's foot, I was driving, Jenny's in the, in the sub passenger seat, and you, you could almost like hear her when she put her foot down on the, on the floor, it like sloshing and splashing. I was like, what the hell's that? So, like, what is that? Anyway, so she got out and she basically put a hand onto the, the, the passenger sort of footwell. And like a hand was just sopping wet. And I mean, like, absolutely sopping wet. I was like, what the f- what You know, hell's that sort of thing? Anyway, cut a long story short, this happened a couple of times now. Jenny's old man came out and, uh, and he sort of bent down and he sort of went like this and looked under sort of the front passenger side wheel arch. And he's like, yeah, it's basically basic paper mache. So literally it must have been in a crash, and what they do is they just packed it with paper actually like, done some oh, sort of weird like spray job over, and like sold it to me on my flight. 400 quid or something and real old man's like there you go guys you can drive I'm like, oh thanks dad this looks like something <laughs> and literally like the front passenger side there must have been just like no car there it was literally just like old newspaper just like mushed in so of course obviously every time it's splashing you're driving on the road it's splashing up it literally was just coming up the footwell so <laughs> jenny's old man i remember so he was like how long how long are you going to keep that car for which was code language for my daughter ain't getting in that anymore, so you need to... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes, laughs> so so what's it back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Honestly, it <laughs> horrendous. And then you had the uh, so solar-powered car that Jenny called it. And whenever I turned up, you said, she should get in, and would be like, fine. And then after about a minute, there was this really high pitch, like... Literally every single time we got in the car, still to this day, don't know what made the noise, don't know why it was happening, but it literally was like... <laughs> and then you slow down, it just felt like you've died.
1: Like,
3: mm-hmm. and literally, you just felt, oh my god, this car's gonna explode at any moment. And and Jenny sort of labelled that the paper mache car. So um, yeah, they they were they were a couple of they were a couple of pretty pretty shitty cars. They, in fact, they were probably the, wor- the worst car. Um, but yeah, the paper mache one, I remember. Sort of trying to convince Jenny's dad that actually it was all okay and it's all above board, it's all kosher, and he's basically like, stopped short of getting on his hands and knees and basically tearing out this bits of newspaper that were like, yeah, that really should be packed into the front side of a car. So, so that was a bit weird. Um, right, so moving on then. So we've, we've talked about crappy cars. What's your, I say, bucket list car? If if your magic numbers came in, so you were, you know, what, what, what car. Do you look at and go, you know what? I really, 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 and I'll, I'll give you two because you can't just have one. If you, if your magic lottery numbers come in, you can't just have one car. So I'll give you two. I, I'll go first just to give you some time thinking it. My, I've always said mine would be an Aston Martin. I've always said for years, for me, it's just I just love the Aston Martin. So Aston Martin, DBS, Volant, and it would be. Just my dream car. Absolute dream car. I've always said it. And I'd have that, and I'd have, probably have like a bigger car, you know, like one of the big, so, like the Porsche Cayenne sort of thing, you know, a bit like a sort of, more for the family sort of thing. You know, if there's just me or me and a mate, it'd be like, right, let's get in the Aston Martin, let's just bomb it down, this sort of auto or whatever. But if you've got family and stuff, it'd be like one of the bigger sort of, um you know, like a four by four sort of crossover things. So I think I'd have, I think I'd have that. Um, so for me, that. The Aston Martin is, the DBS is is, and as I say I'm not a massive muscle, I'm not massive sub sort of car muscle car sub sort of not a massive petrol sort of head, but to me that's like, yeah, that it looks mint, it goes fast enough, it it would be, proper lottery car. So, and and I don't know who wants to go first. What what would you you sort of dream? I say dream car, lottery winning car. What would it be? I've got a list of ten. <laughs> you go for your life, mate. You can lift up 10 if you I want.
1: I think, um, like, American Muscle Cars is, is always going to be on there. So there's like three that always pique my interest. There's a, a 69 Dodge Charger with a yes. supercharger poking out. Yeah. so Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh. I would have it in that though. It'd just be jet black. Oh, like <laughs> my heart. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a b- b- big ass, like, supercharger poking out. It's sort all of like Fast and Furious, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: um, yeah then like a mustang 65 sort of mustang wow um i, I like the is it a 69 plymouth convertible so that's wow. like a boat it's like it's massive i can't even describe it it's just a massive boat. It's, it's it's just huge yeah. um but then going back to like uh, a four by four as well I, I quite like the mercedes g wagons so it's like a it's like a they've not changed the design for like thirty years. You know, it's like all metalwork and it's all like squarish, dead square and stuff like that. So probably one of them, an American muscle car or maybe a,
3: yeah, that'd be it, I think. I'll, I'll
1: stop yeah. there. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. So, otherwise, you could talk for hours now. And, and what about yourself, then? Because I know you'd be thinking about the old sort of muscle car, American muscle car, you.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like I said, growing up watching American TV when we were kids, I've always loved muscle cars like I say, the 69 Dodge Charger, which was obviously the general leaf from the Dukes of Hazard, was a 69 Charger. I love that one. Strangely enough, my daughter, who loves her Hot Wheels car, her favourite car is, a, is well, it's a, there's a Mercury Cougar. She loves a 68 Mercury Cougar and a 69 black Dodge Charger. She loves it in black as well. We bought a three. None of them were in black. So we had to find a black one. Came out to buy it uh, online to, to get, just to keep her happy. But for me, Again, it's going back to sort of films, and I apologize if we're stealing a little bit for something you have in mind, in Future Gazer. Uh, I am a big fan of Burt Reynolds, so I love Cannibal Run and I love Smokey and the Bandit. So it would have to be, it'd have to be the Trans Am. That that '77 Trans Am. Well, I know in the film, in the film it was '76 Trans Am, but they put the '77 front on it for that. It would have to be the original '77 Trans Am in black. With the gold Firebird on the front and the bandit painted on the driver door for me, that would be the ultimate car to own. Just love it. Nice. Is it the best car in the world to drive? No, probably not. No. Um, and actually, if we're sharing car stories, we need to get Donny from from the the producer from the Tiddy and Shine show to to, uh, to share his car at some point because I think he drives a bright orange Trans Am, and I've, I've not seen a picture of it yet. But I would love to see that car. Um, and then the then the other one again another muscle car um probably probably i would go with there's a couple in mine but if you have to nail me down i'll go with the oldsmobile 442 69 oldsmobile because it's just for me what a quintessential muscle car should look like that fantastic long body a curved nose a curved back you know, great on the straights. Absolutely lethal if you're going to take it into a corner at speed. It is going to kill you. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh,
0: but, but I, I wouldn't want to drive it fast. I just want to go cruising in it. Yeah. Throw, you know, maybe a mullet wig. You know, throw a vest on.
3: <laughs> it's. I mean, yes, you have stolen part of my thunder, but that that that's fine. It, it's weird because it? yeah, you know, if there's anybody out there that that's sort is willing to share. You know, their favorite look. If if, any, if we've got any listeners that own any of the cars that have been mentioned, oh. you know, please share a picture of it, you know, because, um, and it's weird that you mentioned sort of Hot Wheels, because I was going to talk about sort of toy cars and stuff, such so as electrics so and Hot Wheels and dinky cars and stuff. Um, just sort of growing up, obviously, you, you would have sort of toy cars in mind, but for me, obviously, and dad, really, sort of child of the 70s, sort of early 80s, sort of thing, you would like the dinky cars were all. American muscle cars literally you know, that that's what they were. They? You know, that, that was what the cars looked like. So, um, so without sort of repeating what a couple of guys have said, I just thought in a way I'd give you a bit of a quiz. Um, and, and, and we went down and I went down. Okay. So classic TV stroke film cars. So I'm going to give you the name of the film stroke TV series. And I want to see whether you can get the car basically. Um, so I'll go first, and the first one is relatively straightforward. Um, back to the Future, DMC Twelve. Okay, ma- and the makers? Well, the yeah, DMC is
0: the Delorean Motor Company, and the model. Yes, yeah, so it's Delorean DMC.
3: DeLorean- was it so ninety? Was it nineteen eighty-one? Film was released in eighty-four. Something like that it was 83, 84, Something like that. But um, so yeah, the Delorean. So I'll give you that. And and this car's been mentioned already, but I don't know whether Andy can remember it. So I was going to then say Night Rider. Do you remember what it, what it was? Pontiac Fiverr, it, it, it was was Andy. A 1982
0: Pontiac Firebird. It, it, yeah.
3: it was a Pontiac no, no, no. Firebird, yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna ask you whether you knew what kit stands for because I did have a look early, but I can't remember what it was now.
0: Night Industries 2000.
3: Oh, there you go, you see. Look at <laughs> you big geek. Dude, I, I loved, I love Rider. <laughs> how cool I love the Hoff. I love the Hoff. But but honestly, how cool, like seriously, like growing up, how cool was that car? Like, literally, yeah. how cool is that car?
0: More, more to the point, though, how dangerous was that steering wheel? <laughs> <laughs> you you need to grab somewhere. Like, you lose it on a corner, it's game over. You've
3: got nothing to grab. You've got too It's like this, you like, oh, my hand's gone straight through. <laughs> Where is <Yeah>. it <laughs> Um Okay, so the next one, then. Um Herbie.
0: Well, it was a Volkswagen Beetle,
3: wasn't it? Yeah. It was a Volkswagen Beetle, yeah. And I was trying to Herbie Goes Bananas. Was it the Love Bug as well, or something like? That? Was that it? what it's called? Cool I don't know. But Herbie Goes Bananas. Ad, you've mentioned um, number four already. I was going to say Smoking the Bandit. Um, you know, seventy-seven Pontiac, just like beautiful. Just, yeah, just just a, just a beautiful car. Just as just simple as that. Just as you say, I just getting it, drive it, cruising it. Not like you know, just just put some tunes on, just cruise. Dead just simple. The, the the seat in that car, I
0: just imagine it smells of Berton Leon Reynolds' musk. <laughs> it's
3: just <laughs> just love that car. <laughs> Pour on, literally, yeah. just like
1: sprawled across <laughs> it like this.
3: Yeah. Um, right. So um, the ne- the next one was obviously um, Dukes of Hazard, and you mentioned the nineteen sixty nine Dodge Charger, which is again just. Well, obviously, was a general Lee on it. so it just and yeah, there you go. And I, I don't know whether I could be as cool as sliding across the bonnet, trying to get in and dive through the windows. I'd probably do myself a bit of an injury if I'm honest. But um, but yeah, so that's was... and then, right. The next one then, Bullet. If you remember the film Bullet, do you know the what car was it? A Mac yeah. One Mustang. Oh, it was. A, it was a, It was a Mustang. It it was a 19... Yeah, yeah. It's a 1968 Mustang GT. It was. Oh, in that
0: film. I, you know just much like Andy I always preferred the car that it was chasing the the black Dodge Charger yeah
1: it's like yeah. aggressive on it in the background yeah it's like, like <laughs> a like a panther it's like mm. waiting to prey on it and stuff yeah
3: yeah no, but, and then the last one and and we all know the film and we all know what the car was called but do you know the model so Ghostbusters
0: it was ah, oh, it was a Cadillac
3: it was a Cadillac ad good uh, shout was it a Miller Meteor? It was. It was a 1959 Meteor Cadillac. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got the year. I wouldn't have got the year. Dude, Do you know what do you know what they call the car? What was it called? Acto 1. Yeah, absolutely. I'll yeah. be
0: dead honest. The only reason I know that is I-, I looked into probably about six months ago. You know, I thought we could, if we had a car for TBR, it would have to be something. Like <laughs> to, what? What we could do a podcast <laughs> from the back of it? And that's the only reason I googled it ages ago.
3: Wow. Well, I, I, to be <laughs> fair, dude, I'm pretty pretty impressed with you. No, and I, I, both of you there—that that was pretty impressive. So, in terms of classic TV, sort of films, and stuff, it could be. I mean, I, I nearly went down the um, the only fools and horses sort of. Trotter sort of robbing Reliant well, types full, full enough because we've talked.
0: Me and Andy have talked about cars for TBR, <laughs> and he, he sent me something that he found online for sale for 1750. pounds I'm yet to convince Kim. Kim, sorry, is it is a goodbye, which was a reliant Rialto painted in, <laughs> painted in Italian police colors.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, i probably being Kim's corner there. I think probably is <laughs> goodbye to be fair. <laughs> So, so in terms of so, are there any other sort of stand out? I mean, for me, obviously, Dukes of Hazard, Knight Rider, a team with with the fan. Although typical, it was just an impression of driving down a straight road, sort of Mr. T's like this.
0: <laughs>
3: You're like, dude, you need to learn to drive because the road's dead straight, and he are that you doing this. Like, I'm not surprised, <laughs> stuff falling off everywhere. But so, what what are the sort of classic sort of cars or film or TV cars? I mean, are there any that you can think of that? That you would have sort of maybe put into that classic I mean, I was going to go down the Bond route and obviously look at yeah. sort of cars that Bond have, oh, has had yeah. in the past. H5. Yeah, and you got Lotus, was it Lotus Esprit was in there and stuff as well? And the Esprit was
0: my favorite, the one that went underwater. That was that, the underwater yeah, one, yeah. Not a big Bond fan. Um, I apologize now, obviously, because I. Total, obviously, respect to, to Sean Connery, who's passed away recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. But so. yeah. Well, always Roger Moore was my favourite Bond, and I know oh, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm probably not in the most popular camp for saying that, but that's true. I love that Lotus Esprit. The one, oh, I took a couple of cars just to jump in there, if you don't
3: mind. Uh, Wayne's World, the AMC Pacer, out of that. Uh, you know what? You know what? I, I, I looked at that. And there was a couple. So there was a couple from there was one from Wayne's and then there was a couple from the um, Fast and Furious series that. Yeah, so, not And there was them. one from... I haven't seen them, see. So there was a couple from Fast and Furious 1. There's a couple of cars that were mentioned in there. And I, I was a bit like, yeah, okay, I haven't seen the film. So, you know, I, I couldn't really sort of wax lyrical about them and stuff. But you know, watch the film. Uh, There's like 10 of them. I I, honestly, a Dodge I, Charger in it. As genuinely. As well. genuinely honestly, the Dodge genuinely, Charger
0: looks badass. I've seen the Dodge yeah, Charger
3: from it. I, when I was obviously doing a bit of sort of research and stuff for this, I, I looked at a couple of the photos and stuff, and the cars look mint, but... I think I can genuinely say I actually haven't seen a Fast and Furious film from start to finish. I've probably seen like 10 minutes of one and another bit of this, but actually from start to finish to sit down and watch them, I, I genuinely don't think I've seen one, honestly. Well, if you, couple, could, if, if yeah. you can tell me they're a decent watch, Andy, then I'll, I'll perhaps watch yeah, them. Yeah. Uh,
1: from um, basically, you had, you had like the first two, well, the first one with like your Vin Diesel and all that sort of stuff. I think it's basically one to three is it's a bit of a, a mix, a bit of a mess. But Four Onwards is like in a series. So there's right. actually like a, a story to follow. It's worth was watching it, them all. Is it Hob- was it Hobson? Sure. Is that, yeah. or oh, is that something? Is that cause that's, that's I think... a, like a spin off? So ah, okay. they were both in one of, or a couple of the uh, the fast films. And then because they were like, you know, it's Jason Statham and The Rock, they're quite big characters, aren't they? So yeah. they, they earned their own film, sideshow, or something.
3: Okay. That's yeah. worth a watch as well. Yes, yeah, I think I think Amy, what was it Amy or Abby? Amy might have watched Hobbs and Shaw, but I honestly, genuinely, haven't seen any of the sort of fast, Fast and Furious films. And um, I mean, I was trying to think of sort of cartoons and stuff. Things like the Wacky Races, and I was thinking, what vehicles were there in the Wacky Races? You're just <laughs> growing up. You, do you know what I mean? You're just growing up like cartoons and stuff. And then, and I was thinking, I can't feel life. Remember. And then you've got Thunderbirds and stuff, and and the one that was I don't know what car Parker drove, but was it like that? I don't even know what it was, was it? It was that like a pink Rolls-Royce type. Well, I, yeah. was, I was going to say Rolls-Royce, but I, I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to make an idiot of myself. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it was a real Rolls-Royce because it had it had three sets of wheels, didn't it? Well, i tell
0: you what, I'll tell you what, dude, the, the Ford O'Connor line from Dumb and Dumber it was done up like the dog <laughs> when, he had his, when he had his grooming business. How awesome dude, would that be,
3: dude? Genuinely, when I when I was looking at the stuff, it came up, and I was like, no "Wait!" And it got the ears and stuff. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So what? So I mean, I was, I was trying to think. I say stuff sort of, for me. I mean, Night Night Rider and Duke's Hazard were the were the two that that, that stood out um, for me growing up. But okay, so m- moving on then. Next sort of question. What make, and I don't know whether you know this, and I don't know whether or not you've cheated and done a bit of research, what, what make is the world's most expensive car? And this was at auction, so it's not necessarily a, a produced oh, okay. for robot. For at auction, what, what model was it?
0: Uh, I would assume... Go on, Andy, go on. Uh, I
1: was going to say, one not it,
0: like, the
1: last five or ten years... It's well, it was sold. A, it's quite a
3: it's, big range, but it was sold at auction in two thousand and eighteen, and it was sold by Sotheby's <laughs> in in Monterey, in I think it's in California, um, and and it so it sold two years ago to oh yeah two years ago to a private obviously a private car collector, but do you know what type of car it was?
1: I was going to say a Ferrari, but it, it wasn't. It was is it? no, it is. It's oh, well, a Ferrari. It is the, a Ferrari.
0: The, there's, yeah, there's two that spring to mind. There is the original Ferrari GTO, you know, not the one that we, the rebooted one that we'll remember from the 80s, which, you know, topped out about 190 miles an hour. But the original is an absolute classic and an absolute beauty, and there's not that many left. And the other one would be featured in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is it the Ferrari California?
3: I tell you what, dude, like, you, 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 both of your knowledge is pretty sound there. It's actually a 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't so was a different... car guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I don't like cars. It gives me every fact. It still not <laughs> thunder on every bit that I'm trying. To... I... I drive
0: a Nissan Duke. I am not a car guy.
3: <laughs> but no, it was... So it, With yeah, red alloys. They're it, it it, it, the dusty. It was a pre. Obviously, we remember back in, I say... Yeah, born in seventy-three, growing up sort of mid to late like seventies, sort of early eighties. I remember the sort of the Porsche, the Ferrari, the Lamborghinis and stuff, but it's sort of pre-then, yeah. It so nineteen sixty two Ferrari two fifty GTO. Do you know how much it sold for?
1: Two and a half mil.
0: Oh no, no, no. It's, you, you're talking, oh, yeah. it's, I bet it's nearly I'm gonna guess about sixty million.
3: Not quite, so forty-eight point four million dollars. I think it's about forty-four million pounds, but yeah, forty-eight point four million dollars and I think they said when it was when it was sold um and obviously Sotheby's are doing the auction and stuff um they had I can't remember whose name now and I, I should know that and I apologise if I'm causing offense to anybody and it was driven in by a, a, like a four or five time sort of um rally world champion sort of formula one world champion so sort I of think it's driven in um and yeah it's says Sotheby's sold it and yeah 48.4 million Dollars to a private car collector. Like I say, it just to me, that's like just, just outrageous. I mean, would you ever? Sp- I mean, I think you know the answer, but you'd never spend that money on a car, would you? Surely,
0: never, never. Never, never, never.
3: Uh, I mean, as much as if, if Burt Reynolds' car in Smoking the Bandit actually came up for auction and you could buy it, you're not going to pay that much for it, surely. No,
0: that, that one did, actually, not so long ago, and that went for, I mean, big money, but I think it was, you know, a couple hundred thousand um, yeah. sold by, oh, I can't remember the name of the auction house, but it features a lot on Fast and Loud, Andy, you'll, you'll remember them. That's the Barrett. Parrot, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's right. The one. Yeah, they yeah. They, 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 sold, they sold it not long back. Uh, but no, 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 could, could never, never, never
3: justify that. Gee whiz, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Exactly. So okay, so then, if that was the most expensive car sold at auction, what's the most expensive car effectively produced for public to buy? Sort of thing? So what? What's the most? What's the most expensive? Um...
0: Oh, quite a bit. Ah, well, I'm assuming it's the Bugatti, not the Veyron, is it? The is it? The, it is the a it, it is a Bugatti,
3: yeah. yeah. What's you the what's on head?
0: <laughs> no, but but no, but every, you know everybody's watched an episode of Top Gear or what have you. But um, no, why is it, Andy? You all know it's not the Veyron. they've updated. It's not the
3: Bugatti Veyron.
0: No. no, no, no. They've they've got a new model. Um, I, 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 well, it sounds similar to Veyron, but it isn't that. The
3: Bugatti Veyron, um, obviously massively expensive, and. The Bugatti, this, and I won't give you the name and I won't give you how much it is, but the, they, I think they, I don't know whether it's actually finished being made yet. I think they said they were going to make like one of them or two of them or something. And I think they said they started production like 18 months ago or two years ago. And actually there's been a private collector or whatever that said he's willing to buy it, pay for it sort of thing. Um, And and it is a car that they are going to produce for the public um but yeah, so it is a Bugatti and it's called La Voiture Noir, which obviously oh, is yeah. it a black a car thing. or whatever. So yeah. um, and actually if you if you do Google it, um it looks absolutely yeah. means. How much was it going for? How much was it sold for? I
0: guess I know Ronaldo has he bought he's bought a Bugatti for around about three and a half million. So I'm gonna guess it's a little bit upwards of that, about five. Higher than five. Yep. Higher than a five, you say? A seven. Keep going, dude. Keep going. More no. than seven. Keep going, dude. Some people got too much money. Ten million. Keep going, dude.
3: Twelve. Keep 15. going, dude. Fifteen. Eighteen point seven oh, million. That's, that's... Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I mean, you, you Google it and it looks mint, but not for 18.7 million. I've been wanting a country or no. an island for that. You know, oh, I'd won both. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised it, it's not the next Batman
1: car when you I, look at it. Have
3: like. you got it up there now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks like, yeah, just Google it. Add it. it looks mint. Yeah, Bugatti Voiture Noire it is.
0: I have not heard this at all.
1: I I thought I had because uh, I've been watching a lot of like Grand Tour and stuff like that, but now I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I've never seen this before. Uh, yeah, do you know what? $18.7 you know, million. You, you know, when you go yeah. and
0: click on something on Google and it just changes, I was just putting Le. It changed, to, <laughs> it changed to, to Bugatti Lego just as I clicked I
3: thought, am <laughs> oh, not very impressive at all. $18.7 million worth of Bugatti Lego. But yeah, absolutely, Andy. You look at it, it's like Le Bois Noir, and, and, and when you read it, they're saying, like, literally, I, I don't remember. How many they said they're going to make, but basically, it's obviously a limited edition sort of thing, limited number. Um, And num- actually, number two, which actually isn't that far behind, is, is the, the um Pagani Zonda. So there's a Zonda at seventeen million. Just just a snippet seventeen million dollars something. Crazy. And it's just just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, absolutely just like like why? I, I sort of get it, but anything over
1: like three hundred grand is just yeah. I mean that that's a lot, yeah, like a couple hundred grand is is a house, but anything oh. over that it's silly. I mean you oh, say yeah, like 18 million. That's
3: more than what you can win on the lottery in the UK yeah. a lot of the time, isn't it? Oh, really? yeah. And, and, you know, you're thinking, oh, gosh, you know, you buy a house and you buy this and you buy that and you sit. I thought you never have to work again. No, I'm just going to go spend 18 million on a car. <laughs> how, how does that work? It's you know probably I mean? dead
1: small. It's got no radio in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it
3: does look, it does look at deep but...
0: I bet that's way, not got a manual choke. <laughs> <laughs>
3: manual sunroof do you remember they'd be actually <laughs> <laughs> do you remember they actually actually that <laughs> oh brilliant but the thing is that you, you get these cars it's like yeah great so you can probably drive it on like two roads in the country it's probably like by the time you put your foot down on accelerate, you're probably doing the speed limit after about five seconds or something stupid you know what i mean it's just like how, how does that work like surely that's the type of car that you're going to buy and actually yeah, not drive probably. that's just one that you just put there in a massive great trophy cabinet and just say, look, look at me. Look at look at how much money I've got. Because you're never going to drive that car, surely. Are oh, you? Yeah. No, no, you wouldn't.
1: <laughs> look at me, look how big my
3: penis is. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, proper, yeah, proper little, sort of little man syndrome. Look at me. So, okay, so, well, well go on, i i was just gonna
0: say well that's the thing about those cars you know in the uk and obviously i know it's it's in a lot of countries as well you you watch top gear and if you watch those old episodes you got jeremy clarkson driving them now jeremy Clarkson's six foot five same same height as myself same height as andy Uh, and that's the thing about those cars they never show him getting in and out of them because a guy with a paunch much like me same height dicky knees there's no graceful way to do it. If I had that kind of money, I could I couldn't spend it on that car because basically people would say, "Look at that guy crawling out of that." <laughs> he <laughs> oh, must have a
1: tiny. Yeah. He must, yeah. <laughs> it's when you got to, like tuck and roll to get out there. You you've it, got like flop it. out. And... And he's not going well, to
3: He's
0: it. big. You, over you,
3: you top top. can't you can't even get your knee out because you you've got to get like your, your top off out first and then you're just going kind of flobbing out the side and then it's just say, like, "Yeah, I'll just crawl. Out. It's fine. Don't worry about it." Yeah. You know. So, I, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to ask this. I'm just a sort of, of time in terms of the episode. But I was going to say like what? So, I was going to look at sort of fastest cars and 0 to sixty cars. But I, I, I was amazed by this that there's a that there's a car that is effectively available and it's three hundred and sixteen miles an hour. Why? Why would you buy that? What yep Yeah. Oh, wow. If you want to Google and it, it uh, and it's it's the SSC. To Tara, T U A T A R A to to Atara to a, and it, and it's it's like reported between three hundred and sixteen. It did say it's un whatever the phrase is. It it's uncorroborated or whatever. Well,
0: the um, Veyron does does just shy of the three hundred mark as well, though, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah, well, well, I've got it. sixty so, eight. Well,
3: the Bugatti Veyron is two sixty eight, and then that's, you've got the rubbish. The, the <laughs> Hennessy Veyron GT two seventy. The Koenigsegg Egg, two. Oh, by the way, if you've seen the. Um, have you seen the Top Gear episode? And Richard Hammond drives one of the Corners eggs, which is a—it's actually. Oh no, he eats. I think it's a Corners egg and then there's a there's a Rimac. There's a—it's a, like an electric car. I think he drives a Rimac, and basically, you've got you've got the three of them, and they they sort of drop the the flag, and Hammond just literally like bombs down this airstrip, and I can't remember what car um, Clarkson's in. And I'll say he's in a Ferrari or whatever. And he's flooring it. And all you can see in the distance out of his windscreen is Hammond, who's just in this, like, this Rimac car. And literally, Clarkson's like, oh, my God, we you seen Hammond? And he's, he's." I won't say miles ahead, obviously, but he's, like, yards ahead. And Hammond, it cuts to him in the inside, and he's trying to tell you how fast he's going. And, and you can see the genuine excitement in his face, and he's like... 190, I can't even talk fast enough, and literally (laughs) you can see the speed down here like this. And it's basically like an electric car. If you ever see it, it's just a. It it, it is a. You just need to watch it because literally, Hammond's face is like a kid at Christmas. He's literally like so. And actually, that's the car that he sort of nearly died in for the second time after the one that he did the drag race car. (laughs) I
1: was going to say he's the
3: worst person to have a fast car with. (laughs) Well, what what was it? So they did this drag race, and it was um. It's this, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's like a Rimac electric car basically. And they did this um, ascent, this mountain ascent, and people were driving like Ferraris and Lambos and all sorts of stuff. And he drove this car and he basically tried to take this corner and just shot off this corner and it bursts into flames and explodes and he, he gets thrown out and stuff and basically nearly dies again, sort of thing. But um, it's pretty cool when you watch the actual drag race it is it is pretty cool um but yeah 316 allegedly 360 miles an hour that's like formula 1 speed isn't it yeah, 316 yeah that's, that's crazy it's it's probably was, faster it's probably faster yeah uh, no absolutely it? yeah so right we're going to round it off and I'm going I'm going to ask for your thoughts on this cuz I'm sort of a bit conscious of I'm not sure how long we, we've we've been going we've talked about cars a lot and we've talked about different types of cars and likes and best cars and this and the other where would your ideal road trip be what car would you use and who would your passengers be oh now now i'll sort of I'll I'll give you a minute to think about that because the passengers, I know I've done this before and and said who would be your your three dinner guests and this, that and the other and stuff. But so I'm talking about. ideally a road trip, it could be a day, it could be a week, it could be wherever, but where would you go? What type of car would you have? And if you can sort of talk about who you might want in the car with you and I have put three passengers because if you're driving, you've got passenger and two in the back sort of thing so maybe four in the car obviously not during these covid times i'll i'll I, i'll start you off not for the passengers because i haven't fully decided on mine yet i think i'd do the pacific coast drive in america so i think i'd do that is it the utah to san fran sort of north to south sort of pacific coast and i thought about route 66 but and obviously starting in Chicago, I'm a massive Chicago Bears fan, obviously. But and I thought about Route 66, but I actually think I'd rather do the the Pacific Coast Drive. And I think I would do. I think I'd probably do a 1970s Dodge. You know, just a proper American muscle car, just just cruising, just cru- not like going fast. Just put some tunes on. I think. I'd have to have a bit of a car nut in there. So whether it be Clarkson, whether it be Hammond, whether it be May, I think I'd have one of the top gear guys in there with me. But I don't know who else I'd have him with me. That's the thing. So I'm going to pass on the passengers. I'm going to go to Andy first. So where would it be? What drive would it be? Could be anywhere in the world. Could be any car. What would it be? Go on, guys. Off you go. Um,
1: I was thinking of Central Europe, you know, like the Swiss Alps and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but now he says Route 66 and stuff, I think a drive across America would be good just because of the different, like, you know, not, not biomes, So, you know, it's like you, you're going from the wet and hot Florida through yeah. where yeah. it goes to Texas and stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That will be a good drive. But uh, the car, I, I'd probably go with, like, a, probably a Dodge Charger or a Dodge Challenger Yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah. Passengers, though I, I don't know. I was thinking I know, then of Chris Cornell,
3: which he's a singer, yeah. Because I know you mentioned last time you obviously when I talked about like your ideal sort of dinner guests. So if you mentioned that there was a sort of couple of sort of, um, sort of music band guys, would they you know yeah. would they be in there with you sort of thing? Would they or just yeah. the same people?
1: You, you just got me thinking then of
3: um, Chris
1: Cornell sang with Rage Against the Machine and a band called Audio Slave, and one there songs is called show me how to live and in in that they're driving a uh dodge challenger it's like a 70s one i think is right it's it's quite it's it's based on a film as well the video you have have to watch it i can't remember what is that
0: vanishing point
1: yes the white one
0: yeah 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 well basically it's a great film all the way through great driving movie then at the end for no reason he just smashes his car into a bulldozer
1: That's that's the music video as well.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, I was just
1: thinking, like, yeah, you know, like someone like a, you know, an artist as big as Chris Cornell or someone like, or I don't know, it'd yeah. be quite chilled out. Personally, I like driving on my own. <laughs> just put some like tunes on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm a bit of a loner. But, uh, <laughs> to be yeah. fair, I can't think of any other two. Trou- people I'd much rather spend a driving trip across America with the new two guys. So, like, obviously, TBR on the road. And genuinely, I, I think we would have, like... I think we would have a pretty cool... In, in a few yeah.
1: years, we should do, like, hire like an RV and just drive around for a while.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing Go is weird. breaking it... bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it is weird, because, like, we, we obviously obviously I've known Ad for years and stuff and obviously known you for a few years now Andy, because sort of NFL and obviously makes that and stuff but we have got like sort of different sort of different tastes different likes, different interests and stuff so it, I think it, I actually genuinely think if you chucked us in a car and said right you're going to drive across America for two weeks or whatever three weeks or however like I genuinely think like we'd have an absolute hoot, I, I genuinely think we'd have a proper good like but I was trying to think of guests, and you guys sport. I, I, I would have to have somebody from Top Gear, or whatever the um, the Grand Tour. So with the original Top Gear, as much as I like Flintoff and stuff, but the the, the original Top Gear guys, I'd have to have one of them in there. It'd, I, it'd only be Jeremy for me. I, I quite yeah, I would quite like Jeremy to be in there because I just think he could piss a few people off and it might be quite funny just to yeah. just to see what do you know what I mean? So I think he might I think he might get in there. Um there'd probably have to be a sportsman in there at some point and yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether they'd have the same as my music, You my my sort of three at the table, was it Freddie Mercury and Tiger Woods and stuff. Did, what 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 about yourself? What what would you what would you do? Well, to be honest, you
0: stole my thunder a little bit there, guys. That was my opportunity to win some credo back and say I was going to pick you two guys as as, as my co-travellers on the route. Because actually, I think that would be a great way to do it. Probably never going to happen realistically. Yeah, but realistically. TBR on the road. The, the road i pick, and it's been mentioned already, would have to be Route 66. Yeah. Starting in uh, Chicago, Illinois, all the way through. Obviously, takes you through Tulsa and Oklahoma City there in Oklahoma. So I'd love to do that and then end up on... The, uh, the, the, the west coast there in California. Yeah. So, yeah. For, yeah, for me, that would be the route. Car, probably go with something like uh, the Dodge Monaco that they used in uh, Blues Brothers, you know, even nice. in police car colours. Maybe not with the, the giant megaphone taped to the roof, <laughs> like, but, yeah, just something, an old battered car like that or an old Galaxy 500, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, do you know, I'll tell you one person I'd love to do that journey with and it would be quite interesting. Not Jeff Morrissey. Goldblum. Yeah, Mar- yes. Not Morrissey, no. No, 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 not no, No,
3: I'm not oh, even being funny. If Morrissey's in the car, I'm not getting in, so that's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeff, it'd be, it'd be a meat-free trip. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> it would. You know, <laughs> yeah,
0: now, Jeff Goldblum, These are interesting oh, guys. Yeah. You know, you know, from Pittsburgh PA as well. So, you know, I'm presuming yeah. he's a Steelers fan. Um, yeah, definitely. I think the three of us and Jeff Goldblum, that would be an interesting trip, wouldn't it? It's weird
3: because you see Jeff got obviously when we did the um the episode where I asked about sort of the ideal dinner guests and I think we did the food one, didn't we? which is like he would be a perfect dinner guest. And obviously Vron mentioned that one of her guests would be Stephen Fry. And I, and he's a I suppose he's a bit like a Marmite character. Look, I, I can imagine him being quite...
0: Well, he's, he's done that journey. He literally visited all 50 states, didn't he? Driving around in his TX-14, you uh, his see, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's black cab.
3: I, I quite like Stephen Fry. And I know some people find him a bit overbearing and this, that, and the other. And whether or not you could spend, let's say, two weeks in a car with him effectively, I don't know. And would it be one of those that, like, for the first sort of two or three nights or two or three days, he'd be brilliant and then would be a bit like... Ugh. But I, I think I can. I I think he'd be quite. I think he'd be quite oh, good. Good 100%. fun to have with it. just 100%. his just his knowledge base and some. I, I mean, Jeff Goldblum, yeah, fantastic. But I wouldn't put him in a car. But somebody like Attenborough, you know, somebody that, that just seeing the world. And you wouldn't put him in a in a, in a road trip with you. But oh, so, you're, so you're making him walk. He's in his eighties. <laughs> Yeah, just chuck them in a pot I balloons, they see you there or something. Something that's like carbon neutral or something. I don't know how it works. But but yeah, but somebody like you know, somebody that's I'll just another name in there. It's Go Keanu on. Reeves. Oh, yeah. I oh name, but... yeah.
1: Yeah, he's lived a life, has not he? Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Such
1: a yeah.
3: lad. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So somebody like somebody that's a bit of a lad, you know, in their day, a bit of a lad, and maybe, you know, so grown up a little bit, but got just got that little bit of sort of Devil in him still, you know what I mean. Just likes, likes to sort of be with the lads and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that'd be decent. But I mean, it's hard. It's hard to categorise in it as to who you'd have and who you wouldn't have. But but yeah, you two guys would be you two guys would be pretty high up there. That'd be decent. If I mean, I'm not that it's ever going to happen and stuff. And whether we get a, a road trip down to London or up to Edinburgh or whatever, that might be good fun. But Do you
1: have to share rooms as well.
0: Oh. <laughs> listen if, if Gaz is booking he'll have a room to himself and for some unknown reason he'll put you and me in the same room it, it, dude yeah,
1: I was you a, yeah, yeah, a single bed for both
3: there's of you again there's a single bed there's a chair deal with it yeah. I was just thinking of cost dude that was just, that, that's all I was just thinking of cost you know what I mean it's like a TBR well, on a budget that's what I was thinking yeah not when
0: he booked himself the penthouse though. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but honestly, no, brilliant. But yeah, I mean, it it, it would be great to do. I say, try to. I, I still really love the idea of sort of Europe. I say Europe, but sort of Bruges, Brussels, sort of that.
1: Just has to happen. I, I had that on the cards for this year in my van. We were gonna go um, south Belgium and down to like Luxembourg and stuff like. That. Uh, but obviously, COVID like ruined that. For England. That's so good because I just going to come back, like get dump all my clothes and just come back with beer. <laughs> Amy, Amy can squeeze in on the roof. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just imagine getting getting to customs and he's like, just got like no clothes. I'm just like, anything to declare? Well, <laughs> it's, it's very cold and uh, I got loads of beer. <laughs> Brilliant. Well. I'm not sure what time it is uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure how long the episode is but um, I've, I've had a bit of a hoot I've, I've enjoyed this episode, actually a bit of a laugh again, a bit lighthearted hearted um, and um, I think it's just left for me to say sort of um, thanks to the guys again, um, thanks to Dave, obviously from Double Trouble again um, who w- was, was good enough to come on um, at the start and obviously the, the sort of whiskey tasting with Adam and Andy um, Guys, if you want to say your goodbyes uh, Andy, do you want to go first? Yeah, it, was a, it was a good episode. It's, it's probably, like, like
1: I keep saying, we can add it onto a list of for more stuff, another episode and lots of stuff.
0: Enjoyed it. Yeah. Ciao. Adam. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Definitely what Andy says. I don't think this will be the last one we do about cars. It, it turns out it's something we're all interested in, not something I don't think we've ever had a conversation about either in the past, which is interesting. But, yeah, absolutely massive thanks to Dave because that whiskey, it, wow, that was way, way better than I was expecting. I was expecting something good, but that was a really decent whiskey. So the only thing I'm going to say as I leave you is your big-headed friend's just lost himself a ride. <laughs>
3: And at some point, at some point, we'll we'll tell the story about where that where that quote comes from. Um, so <laughs> today might not be the today, today, and this podcast might not be t- the right time and the right place. But at some point, I will tell the story about where that where that quote comes from. Um, yeah, that that <laughs> yeah, funny story. But that that's for another time, guys. Listen. Um, I've loved loved being in the driver's seat, excuse the pun again for this episode. Um, love just picking your brains. Um, as I said, I just echo what Adam said. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to Double Trouble. Um, love to see where they're going in the future. Uh, and look forward to episode 44. Um, and with that, I will wish you all farewell and um, speak to you soon. Cheers, guys.